Cody ran his hands over his face. The scars were no longer visible. The surgeons had actually turned him into a handsome man. But he knew how he looked beneath the mask. He would never forget. It was when he had returned to Afghanistan as a CIA operative that the miracle happened. There, in the first field action he had seen since his injuries, he froze with terror. In that moment of inner blackness in the Afghani desert, he had, for the first time in his life, reached out to a higher power, and it claimed him. He found God, and everything changed. Now he was the most successful Christian preacher on television, the internet, and in bookstores. He was one of God's chosen. So why, he wondered, was he so scared? The captain's voice came over the loudspeaker. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Castle again. His voice sounded hearty and reassuring. Don't panic. We're doing just fine. There's no denying it's a hell of a storm. These Rocky Mountain showers tend to hit unexpectedly and be a bit rugged. But I've flown through worse, no problem. We'll be landing at Montview in about five minutes. Sorry there aren't any lights for you ladies to fix your faces by. Captain out. The tension relaxed somewhat. Generally peeved by the whole situation, Cody decided to file a formal complaint with the airline about the captain's use of profanity. The cabin lit up from without. The flash of lightning illuminated Curtis Hawthorne's calm face. How could this man, whom Cody had heard wasn't the slightest bit religious, not be as frightened as he? Darkness returned. Aunt Glennis told me at breakfast that she dreamed of the Salazar curse, Curtis Hawthorne said. There was a moment of silence. Alan Hawthorne's voice was gruff. Glennis is imaginative. Dad? Yes? I love you. The plane began to descend. The lights of the landing field were blurred by sheets of rain, but Cody felt a wave of relief when he saw them. Another streak of lightning appeared out of the night sky, and Cody watched in stunned horror as it struck the right wing of the plane. The bright light triggered a flashback to the explosion he had survived. For a split second, he smelled burning flesh. The jet trembled from the blow, a crash of thunder drowned out the sound of the engines, and the plane started to rock. Bile rose in Cody's throat, adrenaline surged through his body, and a sense of unreality flooded him. God, this can't be happening. Shrill cries filled the cabin. The rocking became more pronounced and one of the wings hit the ground. Cody's perception of reality shifted to slow motion as the jet casually flipped over. Secured to his seat, he clawed at the air in a vain effort to halt events, the high-pitched whine of the engines and the sound of crunching metal filled his ears. Hand luggage sailed past his head. The runway lights illuminated the cabin with an eerie glow, and he watched as Curtis's head slammed up against the cabin wall and dark blood splattered. Next to him, Alan's seat buckled, and Cody imagined he could hear the old man's back snap as his body twisted. Rachel, her face glistening with tears, clutched the baby to her bosom and kept yelling Cody's name, but he couldn't respond. The inverted jet skidded down the runway, shrouded in a veil of sparks, any one of which Cody knew could start a fire. Fire was the enemy that lay in wait for him.
eager to complete the kill it had attempted before. He could already feel its eager tongue licking his face once again.